You're listening to a Thorn Creek Weekend Message Podcast. For more audio content and other resources, visit thorncreek.church messages. Hey friend, thank you for clicking on this video. I'm Pastor Ruben, lead pastor of Thorn Creek Church. I'm coming to you from my home. So believe it or not, I'm not feeling well. I'm running a, running a fever and I didn't want to get anyone sick. Um, we have a number of people at Thorn Creek who either are just sick or they have COVID. So now in, in this season, uh, pretty much any illness is attributed to COVID. So there's a certain fear and concern there. So we decided to, to uh, shut down our in-person services this weekend. So um, thank you for being a part of it. I appreciate your prayers. And I'm super excited about this message. So I pray that God uses it to speak to you. Let's pray together. Um, God, we humble ourselves before you and we uh, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. And I know, Lord, on, on this side of heaven, um, problems and illness just seem to be part of life. And I pray, God, for healing over everybody. And I pray that you watch over us and watch over everyone who is sick. Would you be with us? Pray that your church advances during this pandemic, Lord. I pray that Christians get stronger. I pray the church gets stronger. I pray that uh, we learn to walk by faith in the midst of this. And I pray, Jesus, that you are glorified in it all. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, the this weekend, it's part three of eight, and we're in a series called Moses, and the title of the message is Can't Sleep. So anybody out there uh, that has a tr- hard time sleeping, I know I do at times, and uh, there was a time with the Israelites when uh, they were they were between a rock and a hard place, and they couldn't possibly sleep. So I don't know where you're at right now, but I want you to know that your God works between the rock and the hard place, and sometimes we don't see a way out. Sometimes we see our problems, and we think, well, this problem is you know, it's just too big on this side and, and there's, it's a no-win situation. But what I've learned with God is he uses these problems. And the times when we feel most confused are also the times when God does his greatest work. So I don't know what's going on in your life. And, and maybe you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. Then this story is for you. So I'm going to start at Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. It says this, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory. And even though that was the shortest route to the promised land, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Well, that's uh, there's so much in that. Um, God has miraculously delivered the Israelites. And this is on the heels of 10 plagues. Um, And Moses and Aaron are now leading the Israelites out of Egypt. But God doesn't take them the shortest distance, the shortest route. What God does is he says, I'm going to take you a long route. And the reason why he's going to take everyone this long route is because he knows that there's a possibility when they go into Philistine territory and when they're faced with hard times, when they're faced with a battle, there's a possibility they will want to go back to Egypt. So when I looked at that, I thought, oh, man, um, I think all of us have a breaking point. Um, For some of us, it doesn't take much 
for us to walk away. For others, for others, it takes a lot for us to walk away. And that's just the truth. And God knows our breaking point. God knows how much you could handle. And God's greatest concern is that, that you go back to Egypt. And Egypt is this metaphor for this old life before you knew Christ. So sometimes when we go through life and we have problems and, 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 and uh, some of those problems could be so big that we decide to go back to our virtual Egypt. And we say, you know what, I tried this, it didn't work out. And really what you're doing is, is that the problem was too great for you to handle. So as a result, you decided to, you decided to walk. Um, when you keep reading this passage here, first of all, I read that and I think, how many of us does, is God aware what we could handle and God is aware of the best route for us to go? Um, God knows how much faith we have. God knows what our commitment level looks like. And sometimes God telling you to take a longer road is an act of his grace because he wants you to learn to walk with him. So it may feel like it takes longer. It may feel like it's a big detour, but God is looking at your soul. God wants you. God doesn't want you to go back to your old way of living. When you keep reading this, it says, uh, it says this, oh, verse 18 again said, so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Verse 19 says, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. That was Joseph's request. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear to do this. He said, God will certainly come to help you. And when he does, you must take my bones with you from this place. So Joseph did not want his bones to stay in Goshen, which is kind of the suburb just in Egypt, but it's, it's outside of the center, center place of Egypt there. And, uh, and, and this is Moses or, or Joseph's uh, desire. That's his desire. Um, you keep reading verse 20. It says this, the Israelites left Succoth and camped at Atham on the edge of the wilderness. Now, when you see this, you just need to know there's close to 42 camps that the Israelites have between Egypt and the Promised Land. So they're really on a journey here. Um, and this is one of, the, one of the early ones. Verse 21 says, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of a fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Beautiful. Um, you see, God reveals himself as a fire. And incidentally, God is so intentional because the pillar of cloud provides shade for them by the day, and the pillar of fire provides warmth by night. And God he knows your needs. He knows yeah, the, the, the needs you have and the concerns you have. Um, through this, you see something. You see the presence of God. And I just believe someone needs to hear that. God is with you. you. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid, even if you're caught between a rock and a hard place. And when you keep reading in chapter 14, it says this, Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by 
Pihiroth between Migdol and the sea, camped there along the shore across from Baal-Siphon. So now God is telling them to camp close to the Red Sea. In fact, this, this phrase right here, Pihiroth, literally means the mouth of freedom. Now, they don't feel like it's a place of freedom. It's a place of confusion for them. They camped all night. And when, uh, when you do a study on this, you discovered that they traveled about 310 miles over a period of 25 days. So now they're by the Red Sea and all they're doing is waiting by the Red Sea. In fact, uh, they're waiting for about eight days and they're waiting and waiting and waiting, and they've got the Red Sea on one end. And finally, you kind of get into their psyche a little bit because verse three says, then Pharaoh, will, then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. And I planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. So here, uh, God is saying that Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. The truth is the Israelites are confused. <coughs> so it's, it's, that's exactly what's happening. And they feel trapped. They don't understand why this is happening to them. They're between this rock and a hard place. And I want to just share this with you. Just because you feel confused doesn't mean God is confused. Sometimes God puts us in situations that are out of our control. There's a bigger purpose at work. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you get the impression that these Israelites just forgot everything God did with these 10 plagues. Um, after 10 plagues, and, and the 10th is the death of firstborns, and they see how God took care of them, even as they're traveling and they don't fully understand the route. Um, now they're confused and the, the Egyptians are pursuing them. Uh, verse chapter 14, verse five says, when word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. So he chased after the people of Israel who had leapt with fists raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army all his horses and chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Pihorloth across from Belzephon. So uh, this is amazing. You know, you, you see how you get, I, I'm not sure if the Israelites expected this. Sometimes we have problems and we work through our problems. And, and in a sense, we think, oh, that problem is done. But sometimes that problem kind of rears its ugly head again, and it's not done. And uh, this is a situation where the Israelites thought we were done with Pharaoh and his army. They just gave us a whole bunch of gold and silver and, and told us to leave. 
And now God allows something to happen inside of Pharaoh's heart. His heart is hardened again. And now the whole Israelite army is coming at them and they're coming down. And I think the Israelites just saw from a distance and they probably saw a cloud of smoke. And the Israelites are afraid. They're afraid. Um, I was uh, watching a documentary this week about Navy SEALs. And Navy SEALs, uh, the older Navy SEALs, when they were on a boat and they were facing a storm, they had this phrase called, um, it, it was called hold fast, hold fast. The idea behind that is when you're going through a storm out in the sea, you need to hold on to something that's fixed to the boat. But you also need to stay true to the course of your ship as well. Don't change course. So this idea of hold fast was this idea of, you know what, we're in this storm, but we're going to persevere. We're going to do that. The Israelites are not holding fast. In fact, God made it clear early on that he thinks they have a uh, pretty low threshold for obedience to him. He intentionally did not send them the shorter route, which is where the Philistines were. He intentionally said, you're going to go the longer route, knowing that he would bring them to the bank of the Red Sea. So now they're camping at this Red Sea, and they've got this pillar of, of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, and they have the Red Sea on one side, and they have the, the whole Philistine army on the other side. So now their faith is being tested. And I do believe when we go through tough times and when things don't make sense, that's when our faith is tested as well. Um, if a problem comes up again, God's not done using it. I've seen God do this so many times. Um, <clears throat> it's not always about you. It's not always about you. Many times it's about someone else. But God wants to use that problem and he's going to use it for his glory. So it's not always about you. We naturally think very self-centered, like that's called pride. We naturally think how things are going to affect me. We naturally think how, what do I want? And that's how we're, we're driven. But, but in this situation right here, um, the Israelites, they are... They're not crying out to God. In fact, verse 10 says, as Pharaoh approached the Egypt, the, the people of Israel looked up and panicked. Just say panicked with me. Just type in panic there. The people of Israel panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. Such an interesting phrase. In their minds, the Egyptians were overtaking them. In their minds, they were losing the battle. They were losing... And look at this phrase. It says, they cried out to the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? They're facing this horrible army and, and, and Pharaoh and, and his charioteers and all of this stuff. And they panic and then they cry out to the Lord. But if you keep reading the very, I mean, it's not even another sentence. It says, they cried out to the Lord and comma. <laughs> and verse 11 says, and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here, out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Did we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. 
Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. This is, the Lord just brought this out of the page for me because you see the Israelites, they panic and then they pray. And in the same breath, they panic. So what was that prayer about? Sometimes I think we say token prayers to God, but our, our eyes are on the problem. And we need to put our eyes on God. We need to look to him to help us, to deliver us. And sometimes we put more faith in the problem than we do to our God. The Israelites panicked. And I'm just thinking they're like shaking like a leaf. They panic. And then what they do is they turn around and complain to Moses. They accuse Moses of not caring for them. They accuse him of attempting a mass murder. And then they've been, they're speaking these negative words. And scripture says it's been all the way back since Egypt. It's, it's, they said, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? So Moses has been getting an earful since Egypt. So Moses is this guy who says, who am I? And he's trying to figure everything out himself. And he's learning what it means to be an instrument for God and, and God's using him and Aaron. And in the midst of this, the people that God is trying to deliver, the people that Moses is trying to deliver are also the same people that are complaining to him. Same people. I, I have to thank Moses as a spiritual leader had to thank God, are you sure you want these people? Are you sure you want these people? Uh, they wanted their old life more than their new life that God was wanting to give to them. <clears throat> so as I look at this, I think, well, um, we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing. Um, I'm going to speak from a pastor perspective many times when things aren't going well in someone's life, especially if it's related to them and God, many times the pastor is the one who gets targeted and gets blamed. Happens a lot. Talk to pastors all the time. It's something that we naturally do. I think we need someone to blame. I think we need someone to agree with us. And that's why we ask all our Facebook friends to agree with us or, or whatever it is. But but there's something about here. So I, here's what the Lord put it on my heart. Um, <clears throat> here's what I want you to hear, because this is so important. You can cry out to God and have no confidence that God can help you. Mm. You can cry out to God and have no confidence that God can help you. So you can send up a token prayer to God and say, help us but in the same breath, turn around and panic and accuse and speak negatively. And we can, we can do that. Hear this, behind your fear and confusion could also be God's greatest moment. The Israelites had no idea that God was about to do something that people would write songs about, that would be talked about in all of history. He was about to part the famous Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds. He was about to do that. 
but they were so consumed with their problem. They were so consumed with themselves. You get this feeling that almost like they're on a ride and it's not because of their faith. It's not because of their obedience. It's in spite of their faith, in spite of their obedience that God is moving. And hear this, just because you face problems doesn't mean you need to go back to Egypt. Just because you face challenges doesn't mean you need to go back to your old way of life. Uh, the devil wants you to go back to the old way of life. That's not God's will. Look what happens. Chapter 14, verse 13. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Hallelujah. And verse 14 says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. If we were meeting in person, I would want all of us to read that together out loud. It's a great verse to memorize. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. How in the world do you stay calm? How do you like not freak out? How do you not think of the worst? Another version, the NASB says this, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. That's hard for some of us to do. Um, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you should share it. Doesn't mean you should share it. Just because you're invited to an argument doesn't mean you need to attend. Mm. NIV says the Lord will fight for you. You need to be still. You need to be still. This is, uh, oh boy. God is wanting the Israelites to discover who he is. Just like God wanted Moses to discover who he is. And the Israelites are, are going through God University and um, they, don't, they don't realize it, but that's what's happening. We're in this pandemic right now and it's very easy to, to be fearful. It's very easy to be concerned, but I want you to know God works best between a rock and a hard place. God works best. It may feel like there's confusion, but you can have peace that God is over everything. We have a sovereign God who loves us and he's gonna take care of everything. So whatever you hear about in the news or the elections and all the craziness that's happening in, you know, in politics, you can trust that we have a God who will use everything for his glory and for his kingdom, every ruler, every prince, every king. That's who we have. We have a God who's with us. I want you to see what happens here. Verse 16 says, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Here it comes. Divide the waters so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and, I, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them all, Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. Then the angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. Verse 20 says this, the cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire 
lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and the Israelites did not approach each other all night. Isn't that beautiful? God has this pillar of fire, and it's literally separating the Israelites from the Egyptians. The Israelites have a pillar of fire on one side, and they have the Red Sea on the other side. I don't know if anybody was able to sleep. Can't sleep. I don't think anyone could. And they were in this situation thinking, this is it. We're going to die. Verse 21 says, Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Isn't that beautiful that the wind blew all night? God was working throughout the night. God was taking care of them, and God was preparing a road for them. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. I think it's that old movie, Prince of Egypt. I, I remember there's like walls of water in that movie, and the Israelites are going through, and they're seeing fish and whales and this kind of thing. So it was a fun, fun kids movie. I don't know if you could really do that, but I could only imagine they're walking through this Red Sea on dry ground. I, I'm wondering just because of where they were at. They were not. They didn't have rock star faith. So maybe they were thinking it was going to collapse on them. Whatever it is, they're walking through. Verse 23 says this, Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. Uh, let me say this. This isn't in my notes, but I feel like I need to say it. Sometimes the way, fight, God, the way God fights for you is by putting other people in confusion. Sometimes God will make someone else confused to watch over you. And in this, in this verse right here, it says they were thrown into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Wow. The Lord is fighting for them. You know, you want to live your life in such a way that God fights for you. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. Then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back into its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea. Then the waters returned and Pharaoh and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. God, of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. As the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. 
And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in, in his servant, Moses. Wow. You know, my guess is when they were between that pillar of fire and the Dead Sea, it never dawned on them that I think God's going to split that Dead Sea for us. We don't know that, but just based on where their faith was at, and they were their faith was not strong enough to go through into Philistine territory. We know that. So they didn't know how what was going to happen. But God is so creative. And that's who God is. God can be so creative. One of the mistakes we make when we pray about our problems is we ask God to do a specific thing to deliver us. Um, God, I pray that he calls me or she, whatever it is, I don't know. But what I've discovered is if you give the problem to God, you cry out to God and you say, God, you deliver me. God will do something that you didn't even consider. God will do something that you didn't even think about. And that's what God does. He, 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 he moves in such a way that, that his, he's so creative and, and, and he shows you that he can do anything. And this last verse, verse 31, said they were filled with awe. Now, this is the first time in the story of the Israelites here from, from the day that, that Moses started talking to them in chapter 7 to right now. This is the first time you see that they are filled with awe. That word awe means to inspire reverence or godly fear. It's to cause astonishment, to be held in awe, to stand in awe, to be awed. It's this idea of God, I'm in awe of you. You're so big and so great and so amazing. And I am in awe of your glory. I am in awe of your love. I am in awe of your goodness. I am in awe of your holiness, God. It's this place where you are keenly aware of the character of God and his very presence. Are you there? Some people, these Israelites, let's put it this way. These Israelites spent all this time with them through the 10 plagues. They spent all this time with them witnessing miracles. It's like they've been going to church and Moses was their pastor. And they spent all these time with them. And this right here is the first time these complainers, these negative people are saying, we worship God. We're in awe of God. So you see that they have this new thing. And I love the fact that they, scripture says they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. As a pastor, I want to be that type of pastor that uh, people follow me because of who I am. And I want to point people to Jesus over and over and over and over again. And uh, I want to be a blessing to you and to, to everyone else. I believe God has put Thorn Creek Church here. I believe there's a purpose for us during this pandemic. Here's what I want to say to you. Let's not walk by fear. Let's walk by faith. Let's trust God together. Let's continue to become stronger. 
serve God, whatever it is that he's asking you to do. But this, right now, during this time, it's time where history will be written. I mean, we'll be written about this time, but more than anything else, it's an opportunity for you to dig into who Jesus is, who God is. Jesus loves you. God sent his son to die on a cross for you so that you could experience the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. So turn to him. Hey, thank you for being with me in my home. I want to pray with you before we, before we wrap this up. God, thank you for uh, your word. I thank you for the story of the Israelites and the way you parted that Red Sea. Truth is, God, we can see ourselves in all, a lot of that stuff, God. So would you um, work in every heart? I pray our faith deepens in you. I pray that we learn to walk in, by faith. And, and I, again, Lord, I just pray for healing over our, our homes, our country, our nation. Um, I, I pray for, for your will to be done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys. Love you. Look forward to seeing you again. Each year, thousands of Thorn Creek Church messages are downloaded for free. This ministry is generously supported by Thorn Creek Church members and listeners like you. If you'd like to support this ministry, please consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting thorncreek.church/give.